Yo, yo, what is popping, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, where we help you build yourself, build your business, and join the new 1% of individuals that are living a meaningful, free, and fulfilled life through self-development and online entrepreneurship. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Danny Miranda. He is the founder of the Danny Miranda Podcast. And a few years back, Danny felt depressed, lethargic, and like the only thing within his control was to go to the gym. And that was really the start of it all. He quit his job and decided to start on the path toward living up to his highest version. Now, this is what he's known for, his energy and his message. Danny himself is on a mission to love himself fully and radiate that love to others, causing a ripple effect and raising the collective human consciousness. But before we get into it, let's talk about Modern Mastery HQ. MMHQ is a tight-knit community of creators, coaches, freelancers, and any other ambitious individuals that want to grow themselves and their businesses. You get to steal the proven systems, strategies, and processes from myself, a marketing consultant, and Joey, a performance consultant, to build a predictable and sustainable income source as an online entrepreneur through both tangible and intangible skill acquisition. This success is a result of becoming a high-value individual. This is what we help you achieve. The information inside is responsible for making members tens of thousands of dollars and drastically improving their quality of life. From monthly trainings, weekly action articles, 30-day habit challenges, monthly live calls, real-time help, and much more, it is the all-in-one solution for growing yourself and your business. As an entrepreneur, your business growth relies heavily on your personal growth. In Modern Mastery HQ, we nearly force both of those. If you absorb the information and do what we say, it's near impossible to fail. Our processes are time-tested, and we hold absolutely nothing back in terms of the information we provide. So if you want to join 450-plus members in accelerating their journey to a sovereign and free life, go to join.modernmastery.co and join for less than the price of a night out. With that said, I have a few favors to ask that cost $0. So if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe or follow, depending on which platform you're listening on. It's just one button click away. Uh, it, it takes one second to do this. It costs nothing, and it truly helps support the growth of this podcast and get more organic listeners. The next thing, you can leave us a rating and review, letting us know what you thought, or just leaving a comment if this is on YouTube. Or you can tag us at Modern Mastery on Twitter or at Modern Mastery HQ on Instagram with a link to this episode and some kind words. And if you do all three, send us a DM and we have something special to give you. Without further ado, let's dive right into this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. Brother Danny Miranda. Dude, how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm so honored and thrilled to be here. I've seen these a bunch on YouTube and it's, it's cool to be a part of one now as well. Dude, I'm, I feel the same exact way. I've been seeing you fucking killing it with your podcast. I was a guest previously. That was fun. And I'm very excited to have you here, man. I have a lot of questions for you. And the first one, I it feels like <laughs> it's only been a few days since I've actually done this. But the past few podcasts, I've uh, started asking a question to the same question to everyone. It may be difficult to answer. So feel free to take your time, munch on it, do whatever you got to do. It may be the easiest thing in the world. And I might already know the answer. But what is your life philosophy in one sentence? My life philosophy in one sentence is to spread love in every moment as best I possibly can. Dude, that's beautiful. And I knew it was something along those lines. I knew it was going to be. And that actually leads me to my next question because I know there's a story behind that, but I don't know. I, I understand the gist of the story, but for the listeners, what is the origin story behind that? Yeah. So I really didn't love myself for a lot of my life and I wasn't even aware that I didn't love myself, but over the past, I would say year and a half, 
I've really went inward and focused and forced that process of trying to figure out what exactly were the things that were holding up the love that I had for myself to myself. And when you get that to that place of loving yourself, what naturally follows is you want to spread that love outward. So to kind of break it down, I mean, I read this book, Love Your Life, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It by Kamal Ravikant. It changed my life. I did exactly what the book suggested. I followed the process and program, and my life started to unfold in a magical way. Um, and yeah, I mean, the podcast is a result of loving myself, the connections and and the, the people that I've spoke to and met over the past year and a half is a result of loving myself. And really everything I've done online is because I want to spread that love to other people. And so, yeah, that's the origin of the life philosophy. Yeah. So what, if you could put it into steps, mm -hmm. is that a thing? If to help people understand this, because when I think of it, and I've opened up to this concept much more recently, but when I, I know that there are some people listening to this podcast who used to be in my former shoes and you hear something like loving yourself and you immediately reject it because mm -hmm. it either sounds too like ooey gooey or something of that nature. And now I know that's not the case, but what practical steps could you give someone to try this out for themselves, the, the open-minded ones that want to understand this more. Yeah. So something I did last night, actually, and try to do every night is I set a timer for five minutes and I repeat in the mirror, six inches away. I love myself. I love myself over and over and over again. And loving yourself is kind of like going to the gym. It's kind of like meditation. It's something that needs to be done every day. And if you don't do it every day or consciously remind yourself to love yourself, it's you're going to fall off the habit and you're going to fall off feeling that love for yourself and you're going to fall off that feeling of of things that you're not going to want to spread that love to other people. So point being um yeah, I just repeat I love myself. I love myself. I love myself out loud in the mirror is one tactic for five minutes. And another tactic I use is to just take 10 deep breaths on the inhale, say, I love myself in your head on the exhale, say, thank you. Um, or just let it be whatever it is for you, like whatever's comfortable for you. And so these are practices in the book, but if you actually apply them for 90 days, it, is transformative in a real way. And, and you can even have something on your to-do list for any given day. Like, did I do my, I love myself practice, right? And that's a way to, to just make it really a part of your routine. And it's got to be consistent. It's got to be something you do every day because I've noticed, I haven't done that practice every day for the last uh, 500 days, but I do notice a difference if I do it for a consecutive seven days or 14 or 30. It's crazy what happens because you become more open to the world and the world then becomes more open to you and crazy things start happening. Yeah. I like what you just said at the end there. You open yourself to the world and the world opens itself to you. That has been quite a recurring theme recently for me. Like not even, well, both, in multiple domains, but primarily in relationships. Like I've been reading uh, The Way of the Superior Man and my lady has been reading his uh, other book for like women, specifically mm -hmm. Dear Lover. And so it's really, it's it's cool to see we're not like telling each other about it either. It's like we will just read and like practice what's been said by him. And that is one main thing. It's I know you're down for this too. The overarching theme of that in both books is presence and how mm -hmm. to practically use that in different areas. Because I know both you and I are a fan of the power of now and Eckhart Tolle in general, possibly more. And they talk about presence from 
like a mental standpoint. It's always kind of from a mental standpoint, but the way that David Data, the author of those books, puts it is from like a relationship standpoint and the masculine and feminine polarity and how it plays a role in that. So that's really cool to see. And it's all about, that's what presence is, is opening yourself up to the world, right? You're, yeah. you're. And yeah. to the moment, exactly. to the moment that is. And like, if you can fully be here, you have a better interview or you have a better mm -hmm. relationship or a better date. So that is the secret is like, you know, someone asked me like, how do you, how do you prepare for an interview? I say, I do all this research and then I just forget about it and be in that moment. <laughs> and that's such yeah. a powerful thing. And that's a perfect thing for a date as well. It's just like you're being there. And if you're fully there, people can feel that. The other party can mm -hmm. feel it and it's, it's real. Yeah, exactly, man. So in terms of that, before we hop into like other stuff for presence, how, what's your meditation practice look like? Like, on ter in terms of like what you how often you do it how long you do it what kind of meditation yeah so i've played around with doing 60 minutes in the morning but mm -hmm. currently my practice is 20 minutes in the morning 20 minutes at night and just find that to be a really great way to tap in and become peaceful internally and from that peace internally i can then spread love externally so mm. Mm. I find that if I don't have that 20 minutes in the morning or evening, there's something off and it's harder to go to yeah. sleep if it's an, if I miss an evening session or I'm a little more cranky in the morning if it's a morning session. Interesting. I'm, I've been hovering around 10 minutes just in the morning for a while now. Do you, so what is your ideal number? Because I've also heard people say, that I've heard this a lot and I, I have two questions here. <laughs> the, I've heard people say that, especially like Tom bill, which I know you just had on your podcast. That's fucking amazing. Congrats dude on that. That's Thank huge. You. It was awesome. And the thing that he said on one of his most recent ones is that you, you, you can't limit yourself. You can't put a time limit on it. It's like you either give yourself 60 minutes or two hours or however long it has to be. But if you give yourself like 15 minutes, you're not going to get into that deep and meditative state because you're going to be constantly thinking of that 50, 15 minute deadline and you're not going to hit it. So how do you, how do you navigate that? And have you found yeah. an ideal number? So I would say that because I've done 60 minute sessions in the past, that has really helped me get into a meditative state quicker because I know what that feels like, that deep feeling of presence and peace in that moment. So I would say that it's, mm -hmm. it's totally dependent on each person and where they are in their own life. Someone might have a really busy life and it's like 10 minutes is all they can do. And that's great. But if you really want to go deeper on yourself, I would suggest going 40 minutes and up because the level of insights you find out about yourself, if you're willing to go there is greater, at least from my experience. Okay. And what, so hmm. I'm going to spend, what advice would you give me? Like, because you just said that a lot of people don't have like control sometimes over their schedule and 10 minutes is good to go, but I can shift things around and it is kind of a limiting belief of like, man, I can't sit there for 40 minutes. And like, I, I feel like I'd be exactly. <laughs> is that is that the main advice is just like, do it like I probably should just do it one day, see how it is. And get it's used the, to it. It's the same thing as the gym in that if you do 40 minutes, the first day mm. is going to feel, feel really uncomfortable. And because you're going to the gym for the first time for your mind for an extended period of time, you could do it for 10 minutes. If you do it for 10 minutes, you could do it for 40. It's just in your mind that like, wow, that's a really long time. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, when I did 60 minutes for the first time, Naval's 60 minute for 60 day challenge, I was doing 20 previously. And I looked at 60 minutes like it was a marathon. But the thing is, the more you do it, the more normalized it becomes. And yeah. If you think about meditation similar to the gym, would you tell someone to do 20 minutes of chest and triceps or we tell them to do 60 minutes 
right? Like you're, you're more likely to tell them if you really want to see results, go longer. You know what I mean? So I think when, when framed in that comparison, it, it's really powerful. And I think you'll go deeper on yourself. You'll have more insights. You'll, and, and also maybe you won't, right? Like have no expectations of it. That's been really helpful for me. But I think you'll really find, you'll, you'll be able to, to have new insights. Yeah. I'll do that. You're, <laughs> it's funny how like just talking it out or like at, at least like mentioning it and just opening myself to it is the key, right? Because yeah. now it doesn't seem like much. And now, now that you've put it that way, it's like now I'm justifying why I should do it Yeah, in my yeah. head, like just sitting here thinking about it. It's like if I do 40 minutes of this, I've noticed that I've been like a bit very much distracted just like when I'm working. So if I did spend that extra time in the morning doing that, I would be much more present throughout my workday and would probably get more effective work done. So it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would also say that doing it without expectations and setting a a period of time where, okay, I'm going to do 40 minutes for 40 days and then I'll judge the results because what happens sometimes, and this happens in the, for the gym too, I'm sure you, when you give advice to friends who haven't gone to the gym before, it's like you tell someone to go to the gym for seven days and they don't see any results and they're like, well, obviously this isn't helping. And it's like, well, did you give her enough time so you could actually see the results? So that's why I suggest sticking to a, a period of time before judging the results. And I, I do this with everything mm -hmm. I do. It's like, give yourself that 40 day window, 60 day, 90 days, whatever it is for you. And then see, okay, do I want to continue or do I want to not continue? And then you're coming from a better place. That's powerful because this is something we all know. We all know that like consistency compounds but when people think of consistency, they, I, I truly don't think that most people think on like a very long-term scale. Like this is something I've adopted recently too. And something we'll talk about with like your entrepreneurial journey. It's like even me just with this podcast or YouTube or even Twitter, it, Twitter is the thing that sparked it all is when I started Twitter and I saw that growth and now everything's clicking <laughs> what they said i've experienced the consistency and the compound growth so it's like now if i go in to modern mastery in this podcast it's like i'm committing for at least 10 years right yeah and then those 10 years are gonna like at the end of those 10 years who cares like i i'm sure you have zero expectations going into your podcast episodes or just when you create content you're just maximizing what you're creating at that specific time right absolutely so, but before we dive into oh, i have so many questions about <laughs> like your journey as well but i want to talk i want to touch on active meditation because um this is something that zaid dahaj said in our podcast episode together is that a lot of times you don't some people don't need to meditate they just need to have that meditative practice as they go throughout their day. Now, is this something that you do? So say you're on a walk. Um, how are you trying to stay as present as possible, either on that walk or just at any time throughout the day? Is that something you're trying to do? Yeah. So I just took a walk and I didn't bring my phone. Right. And mm -hmm. that was a great way to disconnect for 45 minutes. Um, I, you know, I've gone back and forth on this idea of people not needing to meditate because I spoke to Navy SEAL Mark Devine and, and he's a very experienced meditator, probably like 30 plus years and obviously a former Navy SEAL. And he said something to me that stuck with me, which was like, it is virtually impossible to separate the ego and and your true self without meditation, something along those hmm. lines. And I was like, you know, that was true for me. I, I didn't expect such a broad statement. And so, you know, it, it really makes me think like, does every person need to meditate in order to remove themselves from thinking they are their thoughts? 
I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I truly don't have next, enough experience. I started meditating two years ago. It changed my life because I took it seriously because I was willing to do it day after day after day. Um, and it separated my ego from my thoughts and made me a much more peaceful person. That also is because I've been, I also did active meditation in terms of like thinking about how I'm thinking while I'm just going about my day to answer your question. But yeah, and I'm not perfect by any means. I'm just, I'm just a guy on the journey. So I hope, I hope that comes across. No, that came across very well. And since, since you mentioned it, I let's, let's take this time to like, be transparent in a sense, like how, I don't know how to put it. Like we talk about meditation a lot. We know how important it is. It's something that we do and same goes for anything, but from like the creator consumer standpoint, what people see is that, Oh, this guy meditates. He must be some enlightened guru. Now <laughs> in some cases, right? Like yeah. uh, that's what some people think. It's very easy to see someone has 20, however many followers and be like, okay, this guy's got it figured out. Right. So in, in your case, what's, what's one recent example of where this practice just didn't come or it, it was difficult to get back into that present state or like a very human moment where. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interviewing someone and I stumble over my words. This happens all the time. And I think in my head, like, you're such an idiot. Why did you, why did you say that? Why do you go down that rabbit hole? Why do you do this? And, you know, I don't often catch myself. I probably didn't catch myself until this moment just now of like, wow, I really beat myself up. Uh, and that, that happens a lot. That happens all the time. And another time that happens is like in the gym have my headphones on, going about my business. I'm not present. I'm, I can be going through my routine and just being on autopilot. Whereas I could be like, wow, like this pull-up is really hitting my back in this place. But instead I'm just like, whatever, 10 pull-ups done. Okay, next. You know what I mean? So like those are two instances where I'm very much normal and I'm very much normal in many other instances. But what I want to bring home is like overall – Today, me versus three years ago, me never meditating is a completely different person. And meditation is a huge reason because of that. Mm. I love that. I can 100% relate. That's see, even this conversation alone, that's, that's another cool thing. The, even us just saying this, whether it, however many people listen to this, they're going to hear that message. And I guarantee they're going to try and be more present after it. Like I'm going to go to the gym after that, literally right after this episode and I'm going to try to be extremely present and have the mind muscle connection and see how I can do it. And it's, I truly think that these reminders, like this kind of content, I love this kind of content. That's why we create it, right? <laughs> is, is because it serves as such a good reminder to do the things that result in a higher quality of life, right? It, it's so crazy because I was listening to a podcast to prepare for this guy that I was had on my podcast. His name's Robbie Bent. You'd really enjoy him. Had a great conversation with him. I'm listening to it. And he's talking about breath work. He's talking about how he has these hot and cold saunas and, and plunges and all this stuff. And he's just talking about habits that make him better. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like now I want to be better. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it was just listening to that content that made me want to be better. So if I can do that for someone, that makes me so happy. And it's, it's just the truth, right? Like spreading your truth is, is yeah. how that happens. He's spreading his truth about saunas and cold plunges and all breath work and all this stuff that I've never even dealt with in that capacity. But I was fired up and I was like, man, I can't wait to get into the sauna. I can't wait to work out. I, and it's like that energy goes to the next person. And that's why I listen, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps it at the forefront of your mind too because it's so easy to just forget all of yes. this good stuff that we put on our head on a daily basis. And I can relate heavily because 
it's it's weird and that's another thing like the power of a personal brand too is you grow kind of attached to the way these people talk and their ideas and their way of formulating it like if like you have the love yourself angle that mm. it's there is some marketing baked in there i bet and in a sense and people get drawn to that and they start to know you for that and they trust what you're saying because you've put in the effort and the reps to get to the point in life where you are and it's extremely powerful because even just me again listening to someone's podcast and they some they I feel like a lot of them don't realize it either me as well is they'll say something so simple and kind of tossed under the rug like oh yeah I, yeah they're like oh yeah I rolled out of the right side of the bed today and it's like oh, I, I want to roll out of the right side of the bed today to see just how it is and I know that's a bad example but you get the point right it's just little Dude, things. We're so interested in what other people are doing and we want to try it ourselves. Sam Parr talked about on his podcast about how he, he did 20,000 steps and it was just an offhand, offhand comment about how he's done it for six days in a row. I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do 20,000 steps now. And the thing is yeah. that positively impacted me in such a real way. And it was just an offhand comment that he talked about on this podcast. So maybe someone will be doing 20,000 steps in a row because they heard me talk about it. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy the power. That's crazy. That that's why I like asking people about this stuff too is cuz I I want to I want to know what you do cuz now dude, I'm going to do the 40 minutes of meditation now. <laughs> it's just like habit osmosis. I don't know what you would call it, but yeah. Each in, person helping each person get a little bit better just yes. by talking about the things that they're doing. The things you're doing can be content if it's helping you improve and helping the world improve. Yeah, dude, th this was something powerful that in two episodes ago with Eric Edge, um, he mentioned, I don't know if this was something from Jordan Peterson, but he mentioned uh, like getting to a specific point in life and then sending the elevator back down. Hmm. So you can pull someone up along yep. with you. And that all that represents the like a lot of what Eckhart Tolle says in like raising the level of the collective human consciousness. Right. That's what all of this is. And just I, I don't here's a question. Do you think what hmm, where where do you see the creator economy going? Like it what what stage do you see it in now and where do you beginning. see it going this, Very this is like anyone i mean i would say the creator economy began in 2006 maybe with youtube starting and you know you mentioned before about how the purpose of making your way to the top is so you could lift other people up and I think often about how Gary Vaynerchuk called my mom to help me go to her books, go to his book signing uh, on a school night when I was 15 years old. And that was the reason why I have a picture with him, right? And it's like, that's the reason why I met him when I was 15. And I would love so much to do that same thing for a kid 10 years from now or 20 years from now to pull him up. Yeah. Uh, to make his day, to make his day so much to the point where he is still telling that story 10 years from that moment. So, but to answer your question about the creator economy, I mean, I think it's just starting. I think that there's going to be more people wanting to be creators than ever five years from now, 10 years from now, but the demand is also going to be greater than ever for people to entertain them, for people to educate them, for people to inspire them in some way. And you have kids right now, 10, 15, 20 years old, who are going to want to look up to people, who are going to want to be inspired by people like Dan Co. right? So that is, that's what's going to happen. And um, I'm very bullish on the idea of people becoming creators, people becoming companies, because the thing is, the trust in authority, the trust in corporations is declining and has declined for has been declining for a long time. The trust in people, in human beings who can speak face to face and be real 
and talk to other human beings, that's what people want to be spoken to. I want to learn from Joe Rogan because that's a human being. I want to learn mm. from, you know, Rob Blipsick because he's a, a bodybuilder. That's a human being, right? So it's like, I want to learn from Gary Vaynerchuk. That's a human being. I don't want to necessarily learn from VaynerMedia. I mean, that's cool, mm. but I want to learn from the person. And I think I'm not alone in that assessment. That was beautiful, dude. That was so well. You, I can't even expand on that. That hits the nail on the head directly. And that's something I've been thinking about for so long is like the transition. Because when I first got into all of the online business stuff, um, the, the one of the f- kind of one of the first things I tried was drop shipping, right? <laughs> I feel too. like, yeah, a lot of people start there and it, it's cool and all. I, we don't need to talk about drop shipping, but I, I started to understand marketing just as a whole. And the main message was niching down, but not even not even in the case of like a freelancer niching down, it was more so like a brand niching down to attract a very specific type of person. And in terms of a personal brand, you're kind of, you are attracting people that are very similar to you because you're attracting them with your ideas, right? And so that alone is both very broad because you have an insane amount of interest that you can talk about and grow an audience from. So you're attracting a very broad audience in a sense, but your niche is you. So you are, you have a broad audience, but it's very dedicated in a sense, if you're doing it right and you're being authentic and have some form of authority backing that it's, it's, very powerful compared to just a generic um, big corporation that is selling one size fits all products. Cause that's the other thing is when you have that audience, you can provide a very specific solution to them. You can provide something that they like that some big corporation would never be able to do on a massive scale. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's, it's the truth of, of what the world we're living in is like people who are building personal brands are in essence becoming the mom and pop shops of mm. 2020, of 2021. It's like that is what your great, great, great grandfathers were doing when they were just setting up their store on Main Street. And it's so similar. But now your audience is the entire world. Mm-hmm. And that that brings up something that goes along with what we've been talking about it's what we're doing is we're planting seeds we're planting seeds in people's heads because if i if i think about it about whenever i listen to my first podcast which is years upon years ago that first seed was planted whether it was like hey you should go on a walk and you should start doing that and and whatever it is i have the, the people that I've listened to have been on my mind for a long time. I look up to them. They're like aspirational archetypes in my life. And even now, as I pick up little bits and pieces of information that I even see minor results on, I tie that with someone. Like I tie that idea with someone and my relationship with them, even if they have no idea who I am, grows much stronger. And wow. you have to think of it from like uh, on a long-term perspective as well is like if I give somebody a, a game plan for like landing their first client per se, and let's say they haven't learned a skill enough or they just took some time off and six months go by and then they come back to the idea and they land their first client and then three years later, they have like one of the largest agencies ever built and they hop in your DMS three years later and are like, Hey man, like just wanted to thank you for X, Y, Z you did back then. And that is like mind blowing to me. Like when I'm sure you've gotten a lot of, I I saw Rob Lipset on your podcast and 
did you watch like him? You said you got Joe Delaney too. Like, did you watch them when you were younger? 2017. I was getting into lifting and I just connect (laughs) me lifting and then coming home from lifting and watching their videos. Yep. (laughs) And it's so wild to think like, wow, that seed was planted for four years and now I'm talking to them and having these great conversations. And it's like, Rob Lipset follows me on Twitter. What the, what is going on in this world? (laughs) Like, that's like, that's similar to if, if, uh, if you're watching a TV show and then the character of the t- TV show then has a relationship with you, like it's so wild. So yeah. what were you going to say though? That I, I had a similar thing. So I don't know if you know who Chelsea Carabin is. I don't. Um, Chelsea lifts and she was one person that I watched uh, like a while ago, probably in high school. So before 2015, I was watching her YouTube videos and like the other group of YouTubers around her. And like three, four months ago, I'm going through my notifications on Twitter. I see that like someone familiar had liked my tweet. It's her. I click on her account and I'm like, no way. And she's (laughs) not, she's not like big on Twitter, right? She had like 200 or so followers. I'm like, this is either not the account or something else. So I shot her a DM. I'm like, Hey, is this <laughs> Chelsea from YouTube? And she's like, yeah, what's up? Like, I like your content. It's really good. And I'm like, no way. This is, I, I was like mind blown at that moment, but she ended up having to like leave. I, I, I forget the exact story. I haven't checked in in a bit, but like she had a bad injury and had to stop for a bit. So that stinks, but it was really cool to it just like that entire experience was crazy. I I was like out at dinner or something and it, it I'm just like, guys, I have to like focus on this for a second. <laughs> I can't let this pass up because I was like freaking out, but it's so crazy how all of that stuff happens. And the one of the, so I, I would say the lesson here for the listeners are to start planting those seeds because None of this would have happened for us unless we just stayed consistent. We planted tweets as seeds on the timeline for one, two, three, four years. And of course, we paid attention to the platform and like how to actually grow and network and things like that. But it's more than possible on any platform. If you somewhat emulate a business model that's already working, you reverse engineer how the platform grows, and then you let your personality shine as the personal brand. You don't you don't stunt the interests that you have. Like don't close those down because that's what people attach themselves to. That's those are the ideas that people really enjoy. And I've started to pick up on this more too is like I I make a smoothie every day with some unordinary ingredients and I slapped a name on it because I'm following in like Matt Ogus's steps. He's he's like a dream for me to get on the podcast. But like he would name his oatmeal cake the Ogus cake or the Ogus salad. And it's like, okay, I'm going to name this the Enlightenment Smoothie. And then I posted it and it got like a ton of traction and people trying it out. They're like, I'm going to the store right now. And <laughs> it's so cool to see that and how something so simple can possibly in this case, maybe a smoothie can or can't, but it could spark change, like massive change in someone's life, right? Just by seeing someone else do it. And that's the connection. Talk about planting the seed with the individual. It's like that whenever they make a smoothie now, they're thinking of you in some respect. And that's crazy because if you think about attention as currency, it's like you now own a bit of their day in a sense and not in like a, not in like a an egotistical way, not in like a negative mm-hmm. way. Like you have a connection with that person in that moment, even though yeah. they might not know or you might not know that you're connecting with them. But just by putting out content at a certain scale, it's like you reach so many voices, so many minds at once. And it's wild. And that's an awesome 
thing you do. And I'm, I'm thinking about like, oh, how could I emulate that? What parts of my day do I make mine in an interesting <laughs> way, right? And it's like you start getting and thinking like that and you, you get better ideas. So really cool, man. Yeah. No, it's fun. And it's cool to see it like happen too. Literally, I, I would just start naming everything. Like <laughs> like the the Miranda method for meditation <laughs> when it could just be like a, a tiny twist on box breathing it's really all it is and then you post that you'll you talk about it you'll be having people doing the miranda method the mmm (laughs) miranda method of meditation and that's really all it is too because this this kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier about seeing someone with a large social media following and assuming that they're like high status or up there or something related to that but it's the same for us and i'm sure you've experienced this a lot with your podcast and getting such like big guests on there you you realize that they're human and exactly like they they have their flaws they (laughs) I've, i've been reading on confidence lately it's a really good book by the school of life very short but it says something in there like even a king takes a shit and it's it's and on that point it's like you could know that there's a difference between knowing it and experiencing it i talked to Mm. a youtuber yesterday who let's just say has over a million subscribers on youtube who i've watched for a long time and as i'm talking to him not for the podcast just in general just talking to him and I'm talking to him and realizing, oh my God, I'm not nervous at all. Even though I've been a fan (laughs) of this guy for a while. Oh my God, this is just a normal conversation with a guy. Why do I feel like that? Well, I've put in the reps so many times. I've had a hundred plus conversations, maybe 150 conversations with people who have big audiences, who are reputable people, right? So it's like, this was no different. This was just talking to a a random stranger who has good work. And, and so I knew that, that all humans are equal, but then like when you put in the reps of actually talking to so many people, you really can look at someone and be like, I'm going to treat you just like I would a friend. So, yeah, I've experienced the same thing. Even dude, when I, when I got on your podcast, I was nervous. Like I, 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 really? was, I was really nervous. Well, I, I just hadn't been on many podcasts and like I knew yours, like everyone talks highly of it, which yeah. is amazing. Like congrats on all the success you see. That's like, actually, I aspire to be like you. You're one of the pers- people that I want to emulate in terms of like the podcast and the branding and just your overall outlook on life. I really like it and how you, it's made me think about the, because you, it, it was probably the first few times that you started saying like, love yourself or talking about love. And my mind immediately rejected that just yeah. because of the word love. And most even people that, do. Yeah. That alone has made me, I'm, I'm fairly self-aware to begin with, but like even just knowing you and after talking with you, it's like, I know you're a good human. And so why am I, why am I tying some irrational belief to the word love? And so it caused me to go down that rabbit hole. And I've been saying it a lot more on Twitter, not like love yourself, but like I tell people I love them and I mean it like the people that I've actually formed the connections with. And it's, it's powerful, but at the same time, it's just a word. So I I appreciate the kind words and also your self-awareness and willing to talk about it because some people I'll give that advice to like, say, I love myself to yourself in the mirror and they'll be like, I can't do that. and you gotta, I pray that people look into that. Like, why, why do you think that? Like, what is going on? Cause there's something there where someone convinced you that you are not mm. worthy of love. And that is not true. You have to lean into that because there's truth that <laughs> if you did love yourself, life would be better and things would happen in your life. If you truly did and mm. treated yourself like you loved yourself, crazy shit would happen. I promise. Cause it happened in my own life and it's happened to other people as well. So it's like really, really look into why you're unwilling to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love myself. Cause there's really something there that you need to 
tackle or understand or, or go deeper on because bro, I had my own issues, right? Like I had issues mm. where some kid pushed me into the locker in 12th grade and I held on to that for years and years and years. I looked at the ways that people mistreated me and, and I said to myself, oh my God, that's why I mistreated others. And so once I was able to forgive myself, once I was able to forgive that person, then I was free from that baggage. And I could go about my day with more love, more enthusiasm, more joy. And I wish that for every single person because it, life certainly flows nicer when you don't have all that baggage with you. Mm. That was really good, dude. <laughs> it's the I, truth. Because it is the, the truth. truth. It resonates heavily with me because that, that's an, it's the same thing with, as you said, like me being vulnerable about this and just admitting that it was a problem and like being aware of that, that's something I've been working on too. And it, it's proven very powerful because people will reach out to me too. They've solidified that mindset in me because they're like, I've had that problem too. Like props for being that transparent about it with such like, like with the amount of people on your Twitter or whatever it is, like people that are there and like judging those thoughts or not judging them or, you know, taking them into account. And it's powerful for me, man. Like even just the practice of being transparent, whether it's on a podcast or just in real life, like speaking what's on your mind is very powerful because if you don't do that and it's kind of, it's, you have that urge to let it out, but you suppress it only makes it, it worse. Man. It stays yeah. and, it, and it grows. Right. That's exactly it. So damn with that, I, I, I don't want to, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that anymore. That was good as it is. <laughs> but in terms of the podcast, dude, I, where did it all start? What made you want to start a podcast as opposed to something else? So there's three different reasons why I started a podcast. The first was quarantine was happening and I was reading mm. these amazing books. And I probably got through 30, maybe 40 books during like a, a four month span, like literally just head in books was, was all I was doing. And I was like, man, I would love to talk to this author. I would love to talk to yeah. that person. <laughs> and I, I was like, how am I going to do that? Like, who am I? I'm just a guy on Twitter. Like that, that doesn't, yeah. that's not going to do anything. So I was like, okay, uh, podcast, maybe like think about that. Second, three different friends in real life said, oh, have you thought about doing a podcast? I was like, first time I was like, those nah, are good friends. <laughs> it was separate. You know, that was the crazy thing. I, I was like, okay, like if they all said this separately and didn't talk to each other about that, something might be there. The third thing was that I had these phone conversations with people on Twitter. I just put out who wants to talk on the phone. This is before Twitter spaces, before anything. And I said, who wants to talk on the phone? I had such great conversations with people. People were like, man, your energy is different. Like what's going on yeah. here? Like <laughs> this is crazy. And I was like, I got to record these. I got to bottle these conversations up so that more people mm -hmm. can listen to them. And so I just started, man. I started recording August 23rd. I had 20 conversations in a span of a month. So I had a 20 episode backlog. Didn't know that I was going to have a 20 episode backlog. Just said, like, <laughs> let me just have fun with this and do it. And September 23rd, 2020 launched the first ep ever episode of the Danny Miranda mm -hmm. podcast. And the rest is history or the rest is still to be written. Yeah. Well, ooh, that's, I'm going to hold on <laughs> about history. Okay. So for the podcast, like what, who was your first guest? First guest was Tej Dosa. Oh, that's a great first guest, man. I, I've yet to get him on. I haven't reached out to him yet because I know that I have more work to do to get to have like a very good conversation with him. So he doesn't, he doesn't know it yet, but he'll be on here and we'll have a epic conversation. But for that, where do you see this podcast going? Like I'm, I'm sure I've experienced this and I don't know if you've 
like planned it out or anything or even written it down. But when when you have that glimpse of like a future vision of the Danny Miranda podcast, what do you see? It could be in terms of viewership, uh, Mm -hmm. specific guests coming on, just your brand as a whole. Yeah, so I was actually just visualizing it before coming on this podcast. I was visualizing two things. One, one million downloads a month would just be incredible to me and something that I see in my mind. And then the other thing that I would love to do is host a podcast at Madison Square Garden, uh, sold out arena. And I think give me 10 years let's get it done. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> give, give me, give me the, the decade and, and give me a little bit of luck and give me my talent and work ethic. And I will hopefully make that happen. Wow. Damn. Imagine this is Madison's- right now on the screen as they're watching. Imagine yeah. they're watching this clip 10 oh, years from now. And they're being like, Whoa, like this dude called the shot 10 years ago. Like what's yep. going on? I'll have this ready, man. I just put a footnote in. <laughs> It'll be ready to go when that time comes. <laughs> that would be so I just, cool. The reason why I said it like that is because, one, I want the journey of trying to achieve that, not necessarily the goal itself. But two, I've never found something in my life that I enjoy doing more that I feel I'm good at and that other people seem to think I'm good at as well. So it's like I enjoy it tremendously. Some people think I'm good at it. And that will, I'm only just getting started. Imagine like the first year, this is the first year I've ever done podcasting. Give me 10 years of this. Like give me some time to develop and grow my skill. Joe Rogan said his podcast sucked for the first three years. If my podcast sucks for the first three years, okay, let's go. Like I'm willing to put in that work. I'm willing to get better. And so, yeah, man, that's a little bit about my vision. I love that, man. It's beautiful too. It's very specific. You could, it's it's going to happen. I already know it's going to happen. And I love the mindset behind it too, because we talked about it a bit, but mine's very similar now. And it's easy, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in it if you aren't present, right? Because yeah. if you don't have that practice and the ability to pull back and see the long-term, it's very easy to get in your head. Like you are writing a piece of content and you're like, oh, this is garbage. Like, should I even post it? Or as you mentioned one time, like you had a part of the podcast where you were beating yourself up. Um, even like a YouTube video, I, I, <laughs> I got mad one day because I filmed an entire video, looked at the recording and it was like in the worst quality I've seen. And I'm like, I just like, I felt like everything flowed. It was the perfect video. And then it comes out and I was, I was mad for a good while, man. And I had to calm down and like, remember everything. But that's, I like your vision and it's going to happen. I appreciate that. I appreciate the support because, you know, someone, someone uh, tweeted to me about how, you know, I, they've heard the vision or they've heard what I'm going to do. And they're like, this guy's crazy. This guy's out of their mind. But then when I posted about, I think maybe that it was a top 1% podcast in the world, they were like, all right, I'm not doubting you anymore. And I said, <laughs> like, that person represents that doubt. It represents one person who said it, but they're, I'm sure tens, maybe hundreds, or, or maybe people don't care of people who are doubting that vision or, or think that mm. it, it's crazier. That's all good. You know, the record will yeah. be what the record will be. The booze, you can't booze. Don't block free throws, right? Like you can mm. boo as much as you want. Kobe, Kobe Bryant's still going <laughs> to shoot that free throw. So that's how I feel about it. And yeah, man, that's, uh, yeah, let's just let the let the score be what it is at the end of the game and, and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you come up with that or is that a previous quote? Tom Billu. Tom Billu said oh, that. Oh really? Me, and I that stayed in the head for that, and yeah, we'll that, stay in the head for a long time. That sticks. <laughs> but dude, to 
kind of wrap this up, I have one more question. And this could go on. So we have we have time. But what are for for someone that's just starting out in their journey, whatever it is, self-improvement journey like as a whole, mm-hmm. what are the most important qualities that they can develop? So for me, it was physical fitness and getting in shape. Once I got in shape, I, I think looking back, that was probably a, an insecurity of mine. Like I'm not fit. I'm not in shape. I don't know if I came at it from the approach of insecurity. Just I think that that's one area that anyone can improve and feel good about themselves and easy mm. win it. And there's steps that you take. Like I remember getting in shape for the first time, realizing like, oh, this isn't so complicated. I just eat these foods. I go to the gym X amount of times. And after three weeks, I was like, wow, like I'm starting to notice some change. I'm lifting heavier weights. Like, yes, like that's an easy thing to do. But with that being said, I actually think that meditation has improved my life more in a shorter amount of time. Both are incredibly beneficial for me, lifting weights or going to the gym or exercising and meditation. I found such crazy growth from meditating, changing my mind. So whatever calls to you, right? Like does going to the gym call to you in this moment, whoever's listening, or does sitting with your thoughts and meditating and go deep on yourself, does that call to you? Either way, you can't go wrong, but make sure you commit to the habit of 20 minutes a day if you're meditating or going to the gym for X number of days a week and commit to it for 90 days and then judge the results. Don't do things with the expectation that you'll be enlightened in 90 days or that you'll be jacked and get your dream physique in 90 days. Do it with zero expectations of where you're going to be and just do it and see what happens. And yeah, best of luck on on the journey for whoever's listening. (laughs) That's a, I would recommend the same thing because that was my first venture too. That's what sparked this all really. It was, it was in eighth grade. There was our teacher. Ah, why don't I remember his name? That's bad. I'm, I'm kind of upset that I don't remember his name. He was a huge impact on me, but um, he was a math teacher and he would always bug me and my friend Jerry to go to after school weights because he was wow. the instructor. He'd be like, yo, you got you guys got to go. And he had like a very abrasive personality, too. And we ended up going. And first day we did bench press and it was the most awkward thing ever. Like first time you do bench press, you're like noodle arms. It just doesn't feel natural at all. And then the second time you go back, it's like, okay, this feels a bit better. Third time you increase weight. You're like, oh yeah, this feels good. And then it just starts to flow like butter. And Mm -hmm. that started all for us, man. That's, that's when we started looking at, um, like fitness YouTubers and just crafting our own workouts. I had my, for, um, my birthday one year, my dad got me a, like a, a bench slash squat rack hybrid. And then Jerry and I would always go work out in the gym, like throw on some heavy metal, have a garage gym workout, go inside, chug a protein shake. And it, it went from there, man. When we turned 18, we were able to go to the community gym and we went there until we both went off to college. And then that's been the foundation of everything. Like when I'm in a bad mood or I'm not very present, where, where does your mind go? I need to go and get a lift. Like I need to mm-hmm. go and just smash my feelings into the floor. <laughs> I'm getting, I, I need to get a lift because that brings you into the present. That's one thing that I have tweeted a few times is that like the gym is meditation if done correctly or mm-hmm. y- that's the general yeah. idea of it is like if you are, you're supposed to be fully present when you're lifting these weights and the elevated heart rate even helps with that. Like when you're in, when you're doing intense cardio, you're not thinking about the next like stressful task in your day. You're thinking about, holy crap, I'm sweating my ass off right now. I'm dying trying to catch my breath and I can't, but I'm going to keep going anyways and that's really it. Have you spoke to that eighth grade teacher? 
I have not. Dude, he would. I should. He absolutely. He would appreciate so much that what you've created is at least in part due to mm. his push in eighth grade. His seed. It the would, planted it would make seed. His day. It would make his day. Yeah. To wrap, to go full circle, his planted seed. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I'm going to find him because I could definitely. I could track it down somehow. Jerry might know. Yeah. Another classmate might know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That'd be very cool. But that was my last question, man. Do you have uh, any thoughts to share regarding anything that we've talked about? I would love nothing more than for somebody to turn off my voice turn off my tweets, turn off me so that they could look at themselves. And it is the most difficult thing to do is to look inward when you're seeking answers externally. But whatever I say on this podcast, it can help you point you to the journey. But at the end of the day, to the person listening, you have to be the one to walk Mm -hmm. that trail yourself. And it's best when you look at yourself, look at where you could be better, could improve a little bit and start taking those steps. Because I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to turn me off. I want to listen, for you to listen to yourself. And I think that's the most important journey any of us can take in this lifetime. So listen to yourself and good luck. Powerful, man. Powerful. We're, we're here to make people aware. And they're here to actualize that potential according to our experiences and experiencing it themselves and avoiding whatever roadblocks they can that we can warn them of, but it's still up to them to hit those roadblocks and overcome it themselves and just use our previous experience as a soft, very soft guidance because really the, it doesn't mean anything like if they don't hit those roadblocks, right? Maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should get into the habit of steering people intentionally like into a failure and then just being there. Like, hey, we're here. Th- this happened to us too. Here's the next roadblock to hit your head against. <laughs> yeah, and I'll also say that people who are listening to this podcast, they're already ahead. Mm-hmm. Most people are not trying to improve their lives in some capacity. And so you made it to the 59th minute of this podcast episode. Like that means you are actively trying to improve. So first take a second and say like, wow, you are doing something to make yourself better in some capacity and give yourself a pat on the back for that. And next Mm -hmm. use this, take something from this episode and apply it to your own life as soon as possible and get to work because we only got one life and, and make it make it count for you. You're dropping bombs, man. I love this. <laughs> All right. So do you have any shameless plugs for us? I have a, a podcast, Danny Miranda podcast, available on all places and ways you listen to podcasts. And <laughs> if, if you enjoyed this, I'd love to hear from you at Hey Danny Miranda. Feel free to send me a message or, or tweet at me. Um, I'm there on Instagram, but yeah, give me a shout and I'm looking forward to hearing from people because I, I know Dan Coe has got a hell of a audience and following and a, and a rabid fan base of people who want to improve <laughs> themselves. So I appreciate that and appreciate the, the space he's given me today to share some of the things that I've learned along my journey. So thank you. Dude, I, I, I appreciate you, man. You, you've helped me more than you know, and I guarantee you've helped many people that have listened to this more than you know, or will know because it's just planting a few seeds, right? (laughs) So uh, I appreciate, I appreciate your time too. Thank you for coming on and to the listeners. uh, We'll see you in the next episode. My friends, thank you so much for listening to that episode of the modern mastery podcast. I have a few favors to ask you for a whopping zero dollars 
You can support this podcast by following, rating, and subscribing on whatever platform you are listening on. And for an additional $0, <laughs> you can share this podcast on your social media accounts. Tag me in it, at the Dan Co., and I will share you on the community page. This truly helps the Modern Mastery community and podcast grow and allows me to bring you top-tier guests to fuel your hunger for wisdom. It costs $0, but it does cost you your time, and we understand how valuable that can be. But considering you spent an hour or so listening to this podcast, a one-minute subscribe or follow button click and social media share isn't too much to ask. And if you truly enjoyed it, um, we would hope that you do this out of the kindness of your heart, and we truly, we truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And the second favor, which costs money, is joining Modern Mastery HQ, the only platform you need to master your mind, body, and spirit while building a 5 to 10K a month online business as a creator, coach, freelancer, or entrepreneur. You can go to join.modernmastery.co to join 350 plus members and gain instant access to information that has the potential of making you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime as a business owner. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, and I hope to see you in the next one. Peace.